if we are to die now, what's the value in it? What's the value of this death? And so now through that lens, I'm judging what's the value of how this potential World War III is starting? What's the value here? Welcome to Lucas Scrobot Show. I'm Lucas Scrobot, and this is where we uncover purpose, pursue truth, and own the future. Episode 274. We are recording on March 16th, 2022. And the only thing that anyone has been talking about, I guess if you're you're a U.S. American pundit, you're going to be talking about ridiculous U.S. American politics. But the only thing that the world is really focused on is the beginnings of World War III. And so we have the world's most leading geopolitical expert on the show today, Mike Nova. Michael, Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you, brother. It's good to be alive. I, I just have to say, I, I, for those of you who are listening and can't see, uh, Mike is wearing a shirt filled with flags, and that's how I know that he is the world's foremost leading geopolitical Slavic uh, Eastern European expert. Actually, actually, be, to be truthful, uh, we're we're taking all that geopolitical garbage and we're shoving it in the trash today, aren't we, Mike? Yes, yeah. Or as some say, outside of the Christian world, up Putin's bum. <laughs> we can't say that's... that on that show. <laughs> this, that's... This is a kids-friendly show. This is, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that. I was just saying that if I was to say it. <laughs> yes, if you were to say it. Well, okay. So, yes. so, I, so the reason that we're gonna cue this up here, the reason that Mike is on the show, is because he is a refugee. He is Slavic, half Russian, half Ukrainian, family on both sides. He is an entrepreneur with business ventures, not only in the States, but in Ukraine, in Russia. He has connections through millionaires and billionaires across the world, especially in the Slavic nations. And he left Ukraine just days before he was living there for a while. Long story. But he left Ukraine just days before. Isn't that right? And uh, yeah. you have been ferocious on social media, uh, really oh, just too cutting, much, but... cutting it right down the middle, not dealing with the ridiculous crap on either side. So, Mike, I'm just glad that you're here on the show. 100%. 100%. Thank you for having me, Lucas. You're the best. Just to, to cue this a little bit up a little bit more for listeners, tell I want to know... What have you done, your, your background, your refugee story, just to get a context of why, why you know what's going on? Why are you an expert on what's happening right now in Ukraine, besides just being an internet pundit? Absolutely, brother. Um, there's experts that are better than me, but I'm not far off. Um, so I appreciate you saying that. I will uh, chase that word down with honor yeah <laughs> the word expert um uh 1992 uh shortly after the iron curtain comes down uh, my parents are refugees from russia i'm a baby like two and a half years old i don't remember it much you Dang. know um growing up in the states you know i'm like five years old i go to school and i'm like why are these people speaking this weird language it was english you know 
I'm like, there's clearly no way out for me. Like I clearly am here and my parents are bringing me here every day. So I must learn this language, English, you know? So, um, you know, and that, that like mix of like, where am I? What am I doing? Blah, blah, blah has pretty much kind of driven my whole life. Um, whatever I've done. Yeah. In business, like in school, uh, wherever I would take, you know, go to university, whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I always felt, um, pretty comfortable with providing things for people. And if I needed money for life, I would sell them. You know, I felt comfortable doing that. That's probably some of the most comfortable things I feel like doing ever, you know? Uh, and so, uh, I mean, bro, bottom star, you know, like bottom line, I'm, I'm a sales guy, like since seven years old, selling hamsters in front of a seven eleven. It's for awesome. real like my youth pastor would make fun of me say say your training is in rodent sales in front of a 7-eleven when you're seven years old so like maybe on my personality that's a bit of a background but on like a fit you know more official history we're rough russian refugees um and i had a chance i went into passive income from my dealership like about a few years ago and i'm like listen what am i gonna do am i gonna sit around in the like wherever i'm at you know and just like, just do whatever, you know, or like keep working on crappy songs that I know aren't going to make it to the top 100 by myself. I need a team. I don't have a team. You right. know, what am I as a, like a, you know, I grew what's I, I thought you said something. My bad, Lucas. Keep going. Uh, you know, like whatever. Uh, so I, I took the passive income and I went to just go and live across the world. That's how we met in Dubai. That's right. When we met, yeah, a few years ago. Uh, Dubai, you know, took a little time to study Italy a little bit. Lived in Rome and Naples. Um, in Berlin. I lived in Berlin for a, a little bit. Uh, so before this Russia, point, before this point, you weren't really reconnecting with your, your Slavic roots. Uh, only those that were in the States. And I felt like there was something more. I felt like, like in my spirit, you know, because we're all, you know, we're all busy. You know, you got your roots baker, you're building, you know, business, you're an entrepreneur, you've got kids, you got a wife, like you're busy, you know, we're all busy. So, so, so to speak, but man, dude, like I felt like, dude, there's something pulling me. Like there's something else that I'm missing and I, I just want to feel it, you know, like I want to see it. Yeah. And, uh, a, a couple of relatives of mine from Seattle, uh, some entrepreneurs as well. Uh, they, uh, I would say their name. I just such a weird political time right now, like saying people's names during wartime. Like, yeah. Don't, don't you know, worry whatever. about it. Uh, write me about it. DM me or something. I'll tell you who they are. And, uh, Dox them. they, yeah, Svetlana and Pavel. Yeah. They're, you know, they were, I won't say their last name, but they were, uh, uh, they, they were a huge blessing to a group of us. And they gave us like the confidence because they funded an organization that took a bunch of Slavic kids that were raised here and then took them into the Slavic world over there. After I got a taste of that, that's right after I flew to Dubai, met you. Um, Then I went to Ukraine, sang on a tour with a a buddy of mine from Atlanta here, but he's from Ukraine. Uh, They're trying to get like 30 30 of his family members out, refugees right now. Um, You know, whatever. Did the whole thing. The try to get as much of the world in me as possible study like international relations while i'm actually there like oh 
I didn't know that it's illegal to say, hey, Hitler in Germany. I didn't know that it's illegal to not wear a swastika in Germany. Like, I mean, it's clear. It makes sense. But I just didn't know stuff like that. And I wanted to. You know, because that's what's going to happen in Russia, in my opinion. I'm going to pause you on this because there's so often I have to look like when I'm producing for a show, I have to look up that stuff, too. I think a lot of people feel when I when I discuss with a lot of people, they feel like they're stupid. They feel like they're dumb. They feel like they're uneducated. And then they get embarrassed to ask questions and they put themselves down thinking, you know, people always say to me, oh, you're just so smart. You're way smarter than I am. All this stuff. I'm like, well, all I did was read and research just like you. You didn't know these things about Europe or Slavics, uh, even though those were your roots, you had to figure that out. And I, I just want to bring that up because it's it's important that we ask questions and realize that most other adults in the world probably don't know, you know, probably don't know the, the countries that comprise NATO. They don't know, you know, what is they, NATO? They don't know that there's about 30 of them. What is you know? the, what they is don't NATO? Know that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know. And I, and to be honest, bro, like uh I knew you, you know, you hear it, but when it's wartime, that's when you really start researching it. And yeah. I was like starting to research and read all the countries. I'm like, okay, how many countries are in here? Which ones? What's They're all surrounding Ukraine, by the way. You know. Yeah. This whole thing about Russia trying to be afraid that Ukraine's going to be in NATO. And I don't know, man. I'm so, keep me on a leash, bro. If I'm speaking too much on the Russian well, culture, but for real, no. This is this uh, is good because this is where you know when we think of people, just don't know. I'm I yeah. I like to play my Slav card. You know, I'm half Polish, Scrobot, Skrobotsky. I I love to pull on my Slavic heritage. I don't know it though. But when when we're looking at this conflict, this current conflict between Russia and Ukraine, and it seems like it's really Russia and NATO, it's very confusing. What are some of these underlying Eastern European Slavic history that we don't understand? You know, I myself and I think a lot of other people think of Russia and Russians as part of Europe, not necessarily, you know, this other people group over in Asia. Uh, how can you, can you just open up and, and break down in a simple way? What is the, the Slavic contextual history and why is there so much tension that's now boiling over? Well, I can go a few ways with this and I would like to, so just keep, again, you know, just interrupt me when you're ready. You know what I mean? But, uh, we clearly know that there is a, a man at the throne in Russia. Every, the world does know that. That's a fact. Everyone can agree with that, that there is yes. a, somebody in media that's, that's showing his face. Okay. Um, we know that this man, I mean, let's, uh, let's, let, let me just say this, man. Have you ever heard about, about the Napoleon complex? Yeah. Explain it in people. Okay. What's the Napoleon complex? Napoleon, Napoleon complex. I'm a, I'm a dude that's five ten. When I'm around guys that are six five, I feel inferior. Or sorry, right, inferior, right? Is yeah, that yeah. the right word? Yeah. Inferior. I feel smaller. 
guys that are 5'4 or 5'7 feel even smaller. And when they have 5,000 nuclear bombs, then they're probably going to be a little more prone to be a little more jabby in in this case world war three it's like the guy who who is small and then buys a massive truck because he's trying to compensate for something yeah come on it. now somebody <laughs> we got it <laughs> okay so there's a there's a hypothetical uh, have... <laughs> ruler of a nation called russia putin is his name hypothetically hypothetically <laughs> <laughs> so how so but how does that play into the the tensions among slavic people like what is the the history that is boiling over right now yeah um and by the way i really appreciate you being really careful with the lag because we're in different countries and i notice a lag and you're being really patient with how we space the sentences so props to you on that back to your question brother um uh, Slavic nations, there's there's a lot of them, right? There's dozens of them, right? Or heritages, languages, stuff like that. Um, and one of the two closest and uh, most kind of that rubs shoulders, so to speak, are Russia and Ukraine. Um, now. Uh, I was ta- I was talking to the people on the ground mostly. I you know I didn't ha- I hung a little bit with some all olig- like like an oligarch or two like whatever, you know heard about their stories of how they're you know buying two hundred thousand euros worth of red wine so their what girlfriend can bathe in it like whatever cool you know like uh, interesting um, I get it but like I don't know how that applies to what I'm doing you know what I mean um, and you know. Uh, people on the ground in Ukraine, like pastors, uh, you know, nine to five business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, the guys that aren't part of the 0.01%, you know what I mean? They are proud that they can go out in public in Ukraine and say, say that, Hey, in case they have a bad president, they have, they know that they won't be shot or arrested or beat on on the street for saying that that's when i when i was there that's the vibe i got off of everybody so every commoner imagine every every commoner every normal you know run-of-the-mill person who's not the the ruling elite are just glad that they have the freedom to disagree with their government honestly even the ruling elite i mean yeah they you know we're walking around like, you know, in their group, like there's bodyguards or whatever, whatever. They got a button for like emergency services that like some crazy team comes in to scoop them out and something goes down, you know, but like, uh, they're, they're good. They're good. They're not, they don't feel weird. They okay. Maybe one is a little, seems a little cocky. Maybe somebody seems a little poor, maybe, so, but they're all pretty balanced out as humans, I would say. Right. When, when you talk to people about that, I have like, especially like uh, I talked to a pastor that I stayed at, they actually invited me to come stay. I had a couple surgeries in, uh, in Ukraine and they invited me to come recover at their house and like serve at their church, you know? Uh, and it was such a pleasure. And, you know, the pastor in his just like calm tone told, you know, just full, full patience mode. He's like, man, 
we know, we know that people are suppressed over there. There's the freedom of speech is just not there. We would rather be poor and have freedoms than be probably still poor and have to look up to some dude that's a tyrant that the whole world looks at, like what's going on, you know? All right. So they're really kind of fighting for that between these two. I mean, that's, there's, bro, I've had so many conversations with Ukrainians, Russians, uh, relatives. To be, and to, I was born in the USSR, but now it's the territory of Russia. That's dangerous. That's actually a little bit dangerous to say on a po- po- podcast like this to some Ukrainians. Like I have, I'm on a VPN every day. I'm looking, kind of looking just left and right, just in case, especially if I go back anywhere in Russia or Ukraine again, which I will, you know. Uh, why is that? But why is why would that be? Da- why is that dangerous to say that you were born in the USSR and now it's the now it's Russia? Why? How is that? Why is that controversial? Well, simply because I was raised, which a lot of people in Ukraine, millions of people, and there's 40 million people in Ukraine. Um, a few, a few million, of them pretty much fundamentally speak Russian. Right. So it's kind of dangerous for them a little bit in that sense because if you rub, if somebody's rubbed the wrong way with the Russian language, the pa- patriotism, it could really get you. It could really snap you. You will. You can get into a fight on the street over that. And was that before? You know? Was that before this war even started? That there was already bad blood between Ukrainians and Russians, or is it now since the war started? There's a, a lot of tensions between Ukrainians and Russians taking sides. There were tensions because of the, because of the annexation of Crimea, but uh, it wasn't like crazy. Now. It's better if you just speak Ukrainian in Ukraine right now, because it's like, yo, is he a spy? Is he a, you know, is he a what? You know, I'm and I'm just I'm just my dad was born in Ukraine in Donbass, you know, where they bombed everything in 2014 or, you know, whatnot. And, you know, uh, I just have to be careful because I know that I'm acting out of good faith. And so I just have to look out for my well-being, in a sense, and help as many people as possible, send as much money as possible, uh, communicate as much as possible, just be be a shoulder if someone needs needs it, and and build businesses in the state that are going to affect not just Ukraine, uh, but then the rest of the world. Because there's some really talented engineers that I've met there. There's some really talented people there. And they're all going to work for $500 a month to build some of the greatest companies in the world soon. Right now. So if you're like an entrepreneur, let's let's chat or go chat. Go do go do your own work. Cause so if you were you're trying to build uh-huh. So I, I guess you know, if when we when we bring it back to the current conflict, right. you sound like even though you are born born in Russia, Russian by blood, speak Russian, not originally Ukrainian. You seem to be pretty anti-Putin, but right now there are a lot of people who I see who are in one of two stance. One, they are either kind of anti-globalist NATO, maybe dabbling a little bit in, you know, biolab theory, and Putin is actually, uh, you know, just a misrepresented good guy by the leftist. CNN, MSNBC media, and he's actually the 
the resurrection of Donald Trump, and he's going in and he's emptying the swamp of of deep state politician neo-Nazis in Ukraine, and we should just let that be because their argument is actually this is this is a good thing because it's going against the globalist um, alphabet agenda. But you don't seem to yeah. be of that thought. No, not at all. Because I, I try. I when I am in really tough moments in my life, right? Um, I first thing that I'm that I'm asking for from for this life is wisdom. Hundred percent. I'm not asking for a specific interpretation of what uh, any president is saying. I'm asking for wisdom because I want to understand what that person is saying, what they're doing, how they're acting, what they're doing and their actions, how they're matching up with their words, what their body language is, what are they eating? What are they, you know, what, what, what is, what do they look like? How much makeup is on them? Stuff like this, like whatever that, that I want logically to think of whether I should trust this person or not. And I 100, 100% put my life on it. Do not trust this guy for a second. Do I trust Lucas Scrobot who runs his podcast? 100%. Do I trust this man that's, that's got a ton of, ton of, ton of bombs for the world, by the way. Uh, and he's saying some things that I've researched very thoroughly. And I've seen my neighborhood where I was restoring from brain surgery and, mechan- and a mechanical surgery. I've seen the apartment building, my dream, dream penthouse that I wanted to have that I, I was like, you know what? Usually I give money everywhere else. This time I'll just, I'll just rent a penthouse for three months on a, on a sky level view above Kiev. Rockets and missiles through it, brother. You know what I mean? The house where I was being restored in, like Dang. physically with the, with the pastors, dead bodies on the street, walks away. Dozens of meters away, which is 100 feet away. 200, 300, 400, 500, everything, dead bodies, dead bodies, dead bodies, dead bodies. Tanks, burned down tanks, Zs on them. I'm talking about like, so I know what's happening on the ground. I've, I've been with the elite in Ukraine personally. I'm talking about the people with the most money. Handshake away from the president, Zelensky, because he was an actor before. I'm on a flight from Atlanta. Thank God there's this guy uh, that hit me up on top of our government calling me, for, you know, on, from the federal level. They call it called people that submitted, you know, in their information online. And they call us personally after all the news and the tensions. I had friends, friends, friends like, yo, get out, get out, get out. And, and I'm like, I had, I was t- timing the surgery because I was like, all right, blah, blah, blah. And this guy comes into, to my life that I knew, like, so he used to work with the president, but when the Zelensky was an actor, he used to work with them, you know, uh, with their businesses and stuff, they would hire him out. And, uh, you know, he's, he's shown me photos on the plane of Zelensky, like the, the president, like the, his confidential stuff that they can't release now, right. you know, that they have NDAs on. But I see it visually. I'm like, dude, I've been with the elite. I've been with the broken and the poor. And not one person is a Nazi. Not one person is, uh, they're normal people. They're just like the people in the United States, just like the people I saw in Dubai, just like you and me, everything. But there is a little bit, there is a, 
there is a perversion mentally from whoever the aggressor is. I don't care what his name is. I don't care what swastika they have. I don't care. There is a perversion. Okay, it's 100%. So, I put my life on it. Right. So I understand that. And then where I, where I also, you know, the arguments, the arguments also are coming in and I've seen you yeah. deal with this. And so I'm asking you, it seems as though the world is going to be pulled into World War III. It seems as though NATO increasingly is getting involved. It seems as though uh, Zelensky, who a lot of people criticize as being, you know, continuing being a, an actor hired by the globalist elite to push forward a globalist elitist agenda, and that it's just a it's just a stage and a show to pull the world into World War Three, and I, you know. That's kind of the stuff that people say. I don't know Zelensky. I have zero idea. But those are the arguments that people are making. You know, they show that video back when in 96 or whatever, when he was a dancer, and people say, oh, look, Zelensky's not a great guy. It seems to me, I guess my point is, it seems to me that this whole thing is just propaganda on both sides. That there's, there's propaganda all the way through. And, mm-hmm. That's and a my, fair point. I'm curious because... I'm curious because if NATO is pulled into this, what are the effects? And it seems like there's just all this geopolitical nonsense that's going on that I'm not smart enough to understand. But what you're saying is, okay, yeah, that's great, but people are, are dying on the ground. And you're calling for peace. But my question is, how can you have peace if the only way that you can have peace is by throwing the world into World War III? Because this leader of the nation of Russia, you're saying has an infor- inferiority complex. And if he's going to lose, he's going to start. A lot of people worry that he might start using biological, chemical or nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, right now, brother, when I look at our government, in the United States, which is the the largest threat to, you know, the federation that's being the aggressor right now, you know, are the government here in the USA. Um, I'm praying for the people that are the advisors to a sleepy president. Um, I'm praying for the people that have influence there and have honor for life and understand the sacredness of life and death and how scary, how very, very scary it is to come close to death, which I would know personally. Once you are in that position, even when you're fighting somebody, which you might have to in life, you might have to fight somebody, but you want to be the guy that still has love for that person after the fight, even if you win, even if you lose, you want to be that guy. That's a good, that's a good man. That's a good dude. Um, do, are you asking me spe- specifically if I think 
what would happen if a World War Three, or what the what the consequences might be, what what's happening, or if it'll happen, or you know uh, stuff like this. Yeah, it's a great question. What do you think? I think I think really what I'm getting at is that it seems like this is a lose lose situation. It seems that Russia invading. How does how does this obviously we're maybe we're getting too deep into geopolitical stuff, but how does that de-escalate? It's okay. How does that de-escalate? NATO gets pulled in, it just continues to grow. And who's who's paying the cost of that? Who's the one the people who are actually suffering from that? And you you, you know, you talked about just now how you need to have love, love in your heart for for your enemy. How you need to have, you know, at the end of the day, you need to have love in your heart for your enemy. Otherwise, you know, you're just as evil and corrupt as them. But you've been trying to toe the line on social media and trying to like split the center of saying, hey, I love Russia. I love my Russian roots. I love Ukraine. I love my, you know, Ukrainian relationships and family. And you're you're trying to say, okay, geopolitical stuff aside, here's the people who are suffering. Is that right? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I even started a nonprofit, got a bunch of donations already, and the motto straight up across the board is decrease suffering. Wherever the next conflict is, decrease suffering. Wherever the next issue is, decrease. If it's in your life, decrease suffering. Fig- let's figure it out. Balance this thing out. You know, let's go. Because uh, can I tell you something about uh, getting hit by this car in Kiev four months ago? Yeah, yeah. Tell tell us. Can I tell you something? What happened? I blacked out for a very for a very. Uh, I'm not going to tell you. I don't need to say much. I don't think to get the point across, but. I thought I was depressed. I thought I had suicidal thoughts before. I thought that I did. But when I, when I blacked out for the longest time in my entire life and woke up with a massive hematoma in my head and a shattered skull, shattered jaw, shattered collarbone with two dudes trying to take me away from the ambulance that hit me, then later hid the car away from the police, have arrest records on their name. This war is kind of saving their butt, honestly. I'm so happy that I have a chance to sit here and talk to you on this podcast about something in going on in the world, including let's be real. You got some amazing hair. Okay. Let's be real here. Uh, but <laughs> you know, I can't believe I just said that. Uh, there's, you, there's massive problems going on in the world. Regardless, I'm just attached to this. That's why I was, I'm able to speak out maybe a lot or toe a line or this and that. But um, you want to, you want to be able to, uh, the blackout, the blackout when there's nothing there and you can't feel God anymore, whatever it was for me, I couldn't feel anything. It was just zero. I was reduced to zero because I was nothing. I was not conscious. I was not blah, blah, blah. And it was, and then my body starts coming back. And that's when I, my respect for the creator 
goes up a hundredfold, a millionfold. And that's when I realized, I said, listen, if we are to die now, what's the value in it? What's the value of this death? And so now through that lens, I'm judging what's the value of how this potential World War III is starting? What's the value here? How valuable is it? Does it look valuable on both sides? Most people want this thing to not not want to talk about it. We would rather talk about how Dubai is building the next amazing building, how whatever, whatever is happening somewhere else and all this. And here we are looking at this stuff and it starts, starts to get kind of, it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. I do know what you mean. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's that we don't, it's, it's hard for us. I think, I think we're finally getting to the, the core of, the core of this here. It's hard for us to look at death and suffering. Yeah. 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 And it's natural and it's natural. And I don't, that there's some people, there's some people that are in media, in government that maybe have lost people. We all have lost something. It's not fun. Now imagine that being someone you love or yourself. Then you start looking at it through a different lens. You say, what's the value? And yeah, everything's relative. There's some dude in a bunker in the Russian Federation sitting and this is valuable to him. If we would not be people to change people's minds, then what kind of people would we be? So we we are here to affect change. Yeah. And we're either going to do, we're going to do it. We're going to do it for better or for worse. So that's where our logic steps in. That's where the understanding steps in that we have to use. And we have to say, okay, so what are we going to do? What are we going to say? You know? And yeah, some of it, maybe we came off controversial. We're sorry. If you're offended, sorry. But if somebody's offended, I apologize. And if they're still aggressing, I leave. I go and be changed somewhere else. You know? Like, there's no point in staying and fighting for something that's not valuable. What's the point in fighting for it if it's not insanely, excellently valuable? How valuable is this? Explain it to me. You can't because it's hard to explain. And only one guy tries to do it in this world, and he's not doing that great of a job. He's, he's got stutter, stutter steps in his speech. He's got hands that he can't keep together. He's got this going on. He's got 25 women around him like a sheik. Bro, you're not in the UAE. You're in Russia. You you were praying with the Catholic Church. We believe in marriage there. One one to one. We don't believe in 17 women in a room with you. No other men. What's the point of that? You're, oh, another flex. Another part of your pride that we're saying. Got it. How special is that? You know? The Ukrainian on the other side. Okay, let's take whatever. Let's take some shots, you know? Be more passionate. I want to see some tears. I cried from the States on Instagram and felt like a weak man. I want to see some emotion from you. If you're really who you say you are, you know? So we, I mean, I'm passionate, obviously, about the subject, bro, because I'm in love with the culture and I'm in love with life. So in love with it. 
And I wasn't for 30 years, probably. I don't know, whatever, give or take. I was, a, I was a happy kid. My parents were awesome, you know? But for a long time, it, I didn't have an insane love for life. And I really appreciate that right now. And I want to see that, especially from leaders. And I expect it from myself. Mm. And yeah, not everybody needs to come close to death. Sure. No. But should we sit and maybe agree? And maybe show things in our media that we put out, like we are putting out with you, like you're putting out? Should we show something that's really to the core and exposes so we know what the root system looks like? Because what if you're really that big, why are you scared? Right. You know? So so yeah. I've been in the previous couple episodes talking about not coming into agreement with the spirit of war and really been mm-hmm. thinking through the complexities of of defending your homeland against war. Um, and you know, you, you've you've sent you've sent over some just atrocious atrocious images Ooh. of uh let's see if I can pull it up here. Mm-hmm. Uh just horrible images of what's happening there with the war, what's happening with uh people just being put into mass graves. Uh really just shocking images. You know, mass graves, we see images of, of cities it being bombed out, just totally bombed out flames. <laughs> Apartment buildings just being totally, totally, completely decimated. Oh, oh. You know, you know, you sent over videos of of uh you know some of your friends walking into buildings yeah. that have been completely bombed out showing yeah. the, the carnage that's a good friend of mine right there the carnage of war uh of 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 this assault that has come on on Ukraine and there's as you said like what's the value is it is it more valuable to preserve your life and not stand up to evil tyrants to not stand up and just say, you know what? It's more valuable to, to just let these tanks roll in and set up a puppet government. Or is it, is it more valuable to fight for your freedoms? Um, is it more valuable to, to stand and, and fight for what you believe in in the midst of being bombed yeah Uh, yeah what do you think how how do you how do you you know you're talking about the the passion and love of of life and you're talking about uh the importance of life yeah how do you how do you rectify those two things how do you rectify the okay well we're we're going to turn around and hate on Russia 
because they're being an aggressor. But you see the, you know, 18 year old kids going to fight these wars who thought they're going on training operations. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I love what you said, puppet government. These are like big, big, uh, big, like, you know, strong, like, uh, strong statements in a sense for any government. Um, <sighs> and I guess when we're out of balance, uh huh, yeah. Well, I guess, and the, and then the the act. It's funny. Both sides are accusing the same thing because, yeah, Russia is accusing the Z- Zelensky to be a puppet organization for the West and NATO, and the West and NATO and Zelensky is accusing Putin of trying to come in and set up a puppet organization, and so. It's, it just seems like this is an impossible situation where no one can win. How, how do you then love your enemy? How do you then mm-hmm. carry yourself rightly? Because you and I, we're not going to affect geopolitical anything. We're not going to make a dent, even if we know well, the most powerful people. Don't, quite, don't say that quite yet. Because, like, I mean, you know, literally the president of Ukraine might be watching this podcast. I'm not joking. Just based on me sending it to three people right? that are near him. You know, like, they might. Maybe so later. How you, so how do you win? Any time is good. How do you win? How, how do you win in the face of the loss of life? How do you win in, in realizing that it is a... That the world is on thin ice of slipping into, really, the next world war... How do you win from that point mm-hmm. as a governmental leader? How do you win as Zelensky? How do you how do you how do you de-escalate when you're balancing either giving up the freedoms that your country has to tyranny or possibly losing tens of thousands of millions of lives in a, a coming world war? Yeah. Um <clears throat> There have to be risk takers. Whoever that's going to be, God's going to praise them and God's going to glorify those people. Mm. They are not always presidents. They're not always people that you expect, but then they show up after they've done what they've done, after they've meditated and let God do it through them in a sense. I don't want to get too religious either, you know, for people that are listening to this with their logical side, you know. But you know what I'm talking about. And there have to be the Esther. Like there's, you and I, we grew up around, you know, these, these uh, figures in human history. Like this girl Esther that went and risked her life to save her people. That's how you're going to do it. Don't do, don't make a dumb risk. Don't go play at the casino. You know, you know, you're going to lose, you know, and even if you do win, you're going to be annoyed, you know, because you had put so much effort into it for what, for paper, for, for like money that you could have made somewhere else and been happier. Okay. So that's take the risks, but analyze how you're going to do it and let the spirit that's in you. 
that's holy, do it. Take those risks. You know? And that's how, because there's no other way. It's like, it's like when you're hungry, there's no other, whether, there's no other way to eat but to go and find food. It's not, it doesn't just come to us. And if it does, we get fat and lazy and we get unhappy and all this stuff. We got to take the risk. We got to get up from the chair. We got to be done with whatever we were doing. We got to go. We got to go find the fruit. We got to go make sure it's clean. It doesn't have bacteria on it. We're always taking risks. So we got to calculate these things that are on a major level, especially on a world level, you know? And that's why I'm blowing the horn. I've done things on my Instagram that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have even imagined doing or said things. But I thought it through. And I said, I want to draw as much attention to this as possible. Even if it looks like it's coming from a back around some way that even I would never say in a church or yeah. at a front, you know, into a microphone yeah, on a stage. You know what I mean? So I'm like, this is, you know, this is my stage that I really want the real ones to just get and be like, okay, it's really going down for real. There's absolutely no room for error because there's going to be error. Even when we're risking, there's going to be error. But we need to make sure that we minimize it to the point where we feel good about the error that's coming. Because most of the time we don't. Yeah, was as you're talking of thinking about multiple stories from World War II about Viktor Frankl who wrote Man's Search for Meaning and how he was in a concentration camp and he was stripped of everything, stripped of everything and he and he realized the depravity of his humanity and how he found had to find purpose outside of all of his accolades or his his titles or his clothes or what he did or his past life. He had to find purpose and he had to take Mm -hmm. risk. And it was in the midst of that suffering that he figured out how to live. Uh, You know, you think of all these stories of, of world war two of uh, Schindler and how he, you know, took risk to save thousands of Jews from the gas chamber, quite literally because he was a businessman. Yeah. I think of, uh, I forgot the gentleman's name, but he took risks to smuggle hundreds, hundreds of children out from Germany to the UK, never told anyone about it until he's old and gray and his wife or his niece or something finds in the attic all these records of how many people that he saved and they they pulled him and the generations that he saved into room and they, they called him up and they said, these are all people that are alive because you took a risk because you stood up and you did something. This is what we talk about on the show about owning the future, about standing up and taking a risk that could, that could actually cost you something, not just for your own self-centered purpose, but to actually to serve someone else. I want to, I want to transition to, you know, if people are been following this, they want to know how and where to give. They, they, they see the human cost of the Ukrainian citizens 
who are the one paying, who's paying the price for this war. Whoever started it, for whatever reasons, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is, is who is truly and ultimately paying the price and the cost. Can you uh, tell us how people can give to this project? How can people give through, whether it's through your NGO or, or whatever it's through, how can we tangibly make an impact? Absolutely. Um, most of the people in the world are not extremely wealthy. Um, so if you can give a dollar, that's perfect. If you can give five, that's perfect. If you can give 10, that's perfect. If you can give a thousand, that's perfect. If you can give a million, that's perfect. Um, and if you can't give, obviously pray, you know, and what initi- what initi- I guess what initiatives do you have going on right now there that people can tangibly pour into? Um, so the photos that you're showing here, these are of orphans. These are babies that were evacuated from an orphanage that was bombed. They were trapped in a basement. And my friends, my good friends, Ivan Vilkov with the Orphan Foundation. Uh, the link is in my Instagram bio. Uh, at Mike Nova Music. Yeah, there. Oh, yeah, you have it tagged. Thank you so much, Lucas. Um, if you want to give there, do it. If you feel comfortable giving somewhere else, I'm not fighting charity versus charity. Just make sure that you feel comfortable doing it. And the amount is comfortable for you, too. You know what I mean? Um, don't over, you know, uh, overextend yourself. Do what's don't, on your don't heart. Listen, don't, yeah. Don't give out of guilt. Yeah. But give generously and, and, yeah, give generously. Yeah, yeah. And for some people it's 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 a dollar and for some people it's three thousand, for some people it's a million. And guess what? It's gonna evaporate like this because each one of those bombs that you see exploding, that's fifty million that's just down the drain. Fifty million bucks, fifty million bucks. How many bombs were launched already? Rockets almost a thousand, just rockets. You know? So there's uh, yeah, give just give out of the goodness of your heart. Don't don't give to to feel guilty later. If you're gonna give, do it. And if you find a charity that you can trust, do it. You know, um, these orphans, man. Oh man, dude, I have like especially out of this like out of this position that I'm seeing. Like it's uh, these kids are so cute, man. These blue eyes, these little baby faces. Like I'm just like, yo, I won't. I'm not a father, but. I'm I'm about to be like trying to adopt one of these kids. You know what I mean? But uh, so this is uh, so man. this is this the guy right here. This is Ivan. Is that right? He's the one that is going in and saving these orphans, moving them to safe shelters, safe houses, pulling them out of basements, arranging transport, getting them to safety. Amazing people. Again, ten years ago, I met. Ivan the son, that's Ivan the father, senior and junior. And he is out there, like literally, however old, I think he's 70. Uh, and he's literally out there just plowing through evil, like straight up, you know? And because he, he's connected to, he's connected spiritually to the country. That's his homeland, you know? Um, 
These people have been doing this for 10 years before any annexation of Crimea. Uh, these are the Vilkovoids. They're from Portland, Oregon. And uh, like shout out wise, yeah. Or if it's linking in my bio, DM me or something if you have questions about them. But they, they are amazing people. And I've done business. They're great in money. You know, they're, they've, they're funding a lot of the stuff themselves, like to the point where they, you know, they're stressed. Like, and, the, the, and you know, the kind of stress that they hopefully can take on, I think. But uh, I'm supposed to meet him today, actually, here in, uh, in the U.S. Um, the, the junior, not, not senior. Uh, so I, I kind of plugged his name there a couple of times. I just want to make him feel special. I'll, I'll take a snippet out of this saying their names and you showing that and they're going to, they're probably going to cry though. But, uh, you know, it just, it's special. Um, and, and love, we, we have to do it in love. If somebody's not ready to give, if somebody's not ready to converse, to have a conversation, to do that, we should leave them alone. You know, we should let them be because let, let them deal with, with what they've got going on, you know, show them love that way. Give them peace, give them space. You know, some people aren't ready to be talking about this. You know what I mean? Uh, some people are, you know, and we, we, again, just like we take risks in a conversation, like you and me are taking risks today, just being on this podcast, you know, we, we calculate that and we say, all right, I think God's going to bless this. I think this is not my ego or whatnot. And we, right. we move that way. And everything. So, I mean, yeah, I hope I answered, you know, as far as the giving and charitable stuff, um, there's plenty of places, vet them, vet them well, make sure they have had a long history, um, you know, and yeah. make sure that they don't seem fake, like fake well, people or bad people. Well, guys, this, as you all know, this is a value for value podcast. If you get value out of the show, we just ask that you give value back to the show in the measure that you got it, that you took out of it. And today, yeah. if, if you give through the podcast or if you go to the link that is in the bio to give directly uh, through to um, this orphan organization that they're saving orphans, um, either way that you give, if you make a note, if, if you're giving to the podcast um, through, through that, if you make a note of the Ukraine, 100% of the proceeds is going to go to this project and this organization, uh, you know, orphans and widows. It's, it is yeah. what it's about. It is really doing the real work. I don't pitch this hard on a show, uh, but this guys, I believe yeah. in. if we can help uh, a few people who are outside of whatever geopolitical nonsense is going on outside of whatever bombs are dropping and who's right and who's wrong. It's, it's the citizens of Ukraine that are ultimately paying the price. And if we can do anything to help them, uh, I would strongly, strongly encourage you, encourage you to do that. Um, Mike, as, as we wrap up today, You've said that, you know, on your Instagram bio, you have both the Russian and Ukrainian flag. And you're saying that a lot of people are, are getting mad that you have both flags. But everything that, you know, we've talked about today, it really seems like you're one-sided. So why do you even have both flags in your bio? And why are people on both sides getting upset at you? 
Um, it maybe feels like both sides. Really, it's just a couple people are very patriotic to Ukraine and are straight up racist against Russians. Straight up. You know? Uh, and it hurts because I'm close to them. I'm close to the very close to people legally, you know? Um, uh, and I'm one sided for the fact that um, this is all going to change. This is all going to go away. You know what I mean? And the people that hear the call and they hear the invite, and it's not just, it's not just Ukraine, you know? We don't have perfect governments today. We won't have them tomorrow. But the people that can recognize it and be the best that they can be in their countries across the world, because we're world people. I'm wearing a world shirt. I mean, I got the, the blue and yellow for Ukraine, but I'm a world person. Um, that's it, you know? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how much more I have to say, man. Yeah, I love what you were saying about, you know, your near death experience where you're crossing a crosswalk, you get hit by a, a car running a red light, blacked out, almost died. Before you're saying you, you know, you're depressed, suicidal, not knowing if you want to live, and you have this near death experience, and all of a sudden you realize that life is precious. It's worth risking things for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're right. This, you know. This crisis, however long it takes, it's going to be out of the news cycle and there's going to be another crisis somewhere else. But it, it takes us as people standing up and taking risks, not just to make our mm-hmm. lives better, but to serve someone else's, to serve someone else and help them in their time of need. Yeah. Serving can be really hard, I feel like, but it shouldn't be. So we have to figure out ways where serving isn't extremely hard for us because we got interesting lives. We're not, we're not all heirs to Johnson and Johnson or some fortune 500 company. Right. And even then, you know, people, they, they themselves say, I wish I would have built it myself. Some of these kids, some of these rich kids, you know, and, and I feel for them too. You know, um, we have a calling, we feel the calling. And we have to, it's so hard to be honest to it because our brain, our brain is saying, I want to bomb and kill. That's what our brain is saying. But our soul is saying something else. And so find the balance because we need our brains too. We can't just shut off, you know? How do you, how do you recognize, how do you recognize the, the calling? Like, how do you recognize that? It, when it gets so painful and you have the fear of real pain doing something that you feel is incorrect. It's maybe more feeding an ego or some idea that's more up in your head and not balanced with who you are, with who you're created to be. Then that's your problem right there. You're too far in your head. I thought I was going to be like, a, you know, I thought I, I thought I wanted to be some pop star. And I got and I got to taste it all, in a sense, you know. You're on TV, cool. Let's go. Let's get it done. Let's do this. Let's do that. But at the end of the day, the balance wasn't there, and I was really pulling away from the sidewalk that's already there. And I'm climbing these crazy rocks, 
And guess what? I'm still going to get all that stuff and I'm still getting it today. But the way that it's, the way that it's valued, the way that I'm using it, whatever, what is it doing? Is it hurting my brother? Is it hurting my family? You know, what am I doing? How am I balancing this stuff out? You know, is it, am I, Am I, am I able to serve easily? I'm serving right now. This is the easiest, the most serving I've ever done in my life. And it's the easiest it's been for me. You know, and we all have that somewhere, somehow. And we just, we do need to find it. We, we have to find it. We have to take that risk and say, I got to find it. I got to figure it out. I got to do it because it's there. If I have to engineer it, it's good. You know, if I have to ask for it, it's good, you know? Um, but yeah, man, you know, and you were saying that we all want to bomb people. What happens Our brains when, want to. what happens when we are, we find ourselves starting down that road in our calling and our brain starts veering us off envy, jealousy, hatred, and becoming the very thing that we're fighting against. What, how do you in the midst of you wanting to bomb specific nations or a specific nation right now, or someone who's, uh, you know, leading, leading to all this catastrophe and, and heartbreak and tragedy and war. How do you keep from becoming that thing that you hate? I know that, I know that what we feel is good and I can trust that going out into the world. I can trust myself because I know that deep down inside it's good. And so when I start thinking too much about, okay, this is what I'm going to do. It starts to feel bad. I don't like to feel bad, (laughs) you know, and I got to reel it back a little bit. Forget about the money. I got a, I'm a guy that grew up, you know, whatever, welfare, blah, blah, blah stuff. It wasn't bad. My, my mom and dad did amazing, you know, uh, but the money was a money was a target for me for a while. I thought about it enough or I would, I would suffer enough just to save it up, you know? And, uh, and I realized that, Hey, there's some things and there's so many different ways, so many different ways that are beyond me that people in my life know about that I don't, you know, let me tell you what the richest man in the world says, Elon Musk. Can I tell you something? What he says, he says, we're, we're launching rockets into space. It's some of the most intense engineering humans have ever done. And he says, before every launch, we look at that rocket standing there with the whole team. And we say, to some degree, we're wrong. That's not happening with some leaders right now. Mm. Some people think they're 100% right. Humility. And to some degree, we're always wrong. We're always wrong to some degree. And we have to consider that and still go and do good. But don't forget, to some degree, we're always wrong. A little bit. A little bit at least. And that's enough to be humble. That is a good word. That is a good word. <laughs> My man. <laughs> Mike, 
Thank you so much for being on the show. People can find you at Instagram at Mike Nova Music. And uh, links yeah. is all over in the show notes to be able to give uh, to this, uh, to the NGO, to, to your nonprofit, to be able to help um, the work in Ukraine with these orphans, saving people and feeding food or giving food to orphans. Um, right now, if you check out the Instagram, there's posts, links all over the place. Um, and as we close, I just want to say, uh, yeah, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for fighting, probably in wrestling in your own heart to find that middle ground and for, for taking action, not just being a pundit on everything that's happening when it comes to Ukraine and Russia right now, but you've, you've mm-hmm. moved beyond just being a pundit and you're taking action to actually build a better future for, for people right now, for these orphans right now. So that's commendable yeah. and uh, an example to us all. Yeah. It's never going to stop the, the tensions in our lives. I'm not talking about this war. I'm talking about tensions in our lives somehow, right? So I don't want to preach too much. I'm sorry, man. No, but, preach. Uh, if, if we know that what we believe in is right and it's good, we're going to have the easiest time and it's going to fly by like this and it's going to be a miracle what we're feeling and what we're doing. And it is a miracle right now in a lot of people's lives and it should be more of those kinds of people. You know? And we invite them. We invite them to be like us. We invite them because it's an awesome experience. It's mm. a beautiful experience. Mm. And it's worthy. We invite them to be like us. You don't have to, you don't even have to meet us. You know, just invite you to, to start thinking like that, doing like that. You know, mm. you don't have to even give a dollar sometimes. Yeah, we invite you to be like us. You know. Now, when you yeah. say be like us, you're saying, be like someone who doesn't just sit on the wayside, but someone who stands up and takes, takes risks. Like what, what do you mean by that? You know, uh, be like somebody that has such intense faith and passion and no fear. That's a really hard balance. That's a really hard bowl of ingredients. It sounds like a few ingredients. It's tough. So be like that. And you will feel so amazing in your life. You will feel so great. And you will do everything that you've ever wanted to do. And every single dream will come true. Mine have. Mm. Yeah. It's great. We just talked about on a previous episode. Don't shrink back. Mm. Don't shrink back. (laughs) And in times like these, you know, us men, things just tend to want to shrivel up a little bit, you know, just kind of like pull back and shrivel. And, uh, hey, but it takes, it takes courage to stand in the face of fear, to stand in the face of, man, I might, you know, this might crash the global economy and I'll lose my job and how I'm going to eat and how I'm going to feed my family, how I'm going to feed my kids, what I'm going to do. But it's in what I hear you saying, it's in that, that we stand up and say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to live 
in spite of this fear, I'm going to, I'm going to go forth with courage and boldness. There might be destruction waiting for me in the streets, but I'm not going to hide in my house. I'm going to go forth out of my comfort, out of my self-preservation to build something, to, to meet the dragon outside rather than waiting it for to, to come into my house to attack me and to devour me. And I think in these times, everyone has a dragon. Everyone has those things looming in our lives. I have things looming in my life that I'm well aware that I need to get out of my house and attack those in the streets, those, those dragons in my life, rather than seeking self-preservation and small-minded thinking, playing it small and playing it safe. So that resonates with me. Yeah, that's amazing, Lucas. And you're awesome, man. You're so dedicated, bro. And watching you the last four years or such, right? Something like that. Yeah. Um, feels like that. Uh, you know, bro, you've been so committed to um, just value. You know, you've been so committed to uh, your business you're building. It's so awesome. You know, great name too, Roots Bakery. Like, so cool. You know what I mean? You heard it um, here first, kids. Say what? I said you heard it here first, kids. Oh, shoot. Yeah, my bad. If no, I no, that's great. Can't talk about that. Yeah. You know, um, just amazing concepts and, um, you know, you're a blessing, bro. It's, it's, you're a blessing. You know what I mean? Thank you. Thank you. Well, everyone, go yeah. follow Mike. Give to his nonprofit. Give to the work of helping orphans in Ukraine right now. And thank you for listening to this episode. Remember, you you are a truth seeker, someone who goes out and pursues truth. And that means that you have to have that sliver of humility. You have to have that humility knowing that you might be wrong because we are in the pursuit of truth. And it's through that that we really are able to own our futures.